0: How do you get your house ready to let? How do you market your property? What's K plus S plus RP all about? And if self cert mortgages are on their arse, where are today's golden opportunities in the world of HMO investment? This and much more right here at HMO Radio. I got a gun and it's fire. I'm gonna shoot. Some Welcome to HMO Radio, your beautiful audio guide to houses of multiple occupation. As ever, right here we've got Matt Moody, editor of YourHMOExpert.com and a professional HMO investor himself. He's here today to talk about the issues that affect you, the property landlord and investor. You might remember in episode one we discussed the basics of HMOs. You can listen to that, this and all future episodes of HMO Radio at iTunes, or by subscribing to the feed shown in the show notes at yourhmoexpert.com. On the show today, we've got a ripe potpourri, haven't we, Matt? We're How are you doing, Dave? I'm all right, Matt. As always, it's great to talk to you, and you'll know that you really kind of uh, set me alive, and uh, with it being a Monday, it's obviously a great way to start the week.
1: definitely
0: good man, in episode one, we promised to tell the good people the important and often forgotten rudimentaries of readying your property for its first HMO tenant. It's all about preparation, preparation, preparation. Isn't that right?
1: That's right, yes. I mean, there's a few different things that people really need to be aware of, I think, once you start getting into that whole sphere of setting up your HMO property. It's not really a case of just getting a property, you know, actually deciding to buy it and then thinking about how you're going to f- furnish it from that, from that stage. You really need to have a plan in place as to what you're going to do and when you're going to do it. So that that's the most important thing, I think, is to start off with a, with a plan in mind.
0: And so what would you say your plan actually consists of then, Matt? Now, There's a great many things to consider when you're getting things ready. And I presume it's a lot more than just the cosmetic differences.
1: Well, yes. I mean, some landlords who operate HMOs don't put furniture in the bedrooms. But I I personally think that's the mistake, just from the point of view of if if you haven't got furniture in the bedrooms, and it does mean the tenants have to find their own furniture, and it also means that they're going to be dragging that furniture up and down your stairs and potentially damaging the paintwork that's already in the property. So my preference is always to have good quality wooden furniture if you can afford it. And you should really try and afford the best you can in all of the bedrooms. And that would comprise of things such as obviously beds and mattresses, chests of drawers, a bedside table, wardrobes to put your clothes in. If, if you've got decent sized rooms, and I'd perhaps even go as far as putting desks in and also sofas.
0: Oh, could you give us an idea then, Matt, you know, off the bat? What sort of money are we talking about spending on some decent quality furniture for the bedrooms?
1: Well, there are different places you can get it from, to be honest. I mean, you can go down the DIY approach, which isn't the way i recommend you go, and that's really going and sourcing it yourself from somewhere like IKEA uh, or
0: Argos or a a DIY store. Are we allowed to mention specific stores? I think there's something about endorsements. Carry on. Is there? okay? (laughs) Well, I'm not saying go down
1: that route. uh i'm saying that that's that's an option you can go go and source some furniture uh you'd expect to pay anything from i'd say three and a half to four and a half thousand to set up a a good five or six bedroom property obviously if you've got a small hmo you're going to pay less than that but the thing you need to be aware of is you know you you really need to be focused on doing what you're best at and is your time best spent on setting up uh all the furniture in the hmo which based on my experience, is going to consist of, certainly if you went down, say, the IKEA route, probably about 10 trolleys trolling through IKEA, standing in a, a long queue, uh, and then getting it all into a, some kind of van, which would probably have to be or a sizable being van. It could be
0: anywhere. <laughs> it
1: could be anywhere, yes. Uh, I'm just going on my experiences, which you know is, is, is what I've done in the past. But the thing is, once you get it all back home, You've then got to get it all set up and ready and believe you me, when you're trying to put furniture together that you've not put together before and you've got a deadline, you've got a deadline coming through, then it can become quite stressful because... You're putting furniture together, you've, you're uh, spending day and night doing it, and you're probably going to be spending 40 to 50 hours putting furniture together that's uh, not going to work for you.
0: It uh, really is quite an effort. But then, you know, we'll look at this as an investment. Then you look at the investment for the property itself, and it really is a drop in the ocean. And if anybody's operating like you, Matt, which I'm sure they are in the sphere of corporate lets, where – Appearance is everything, then these are really small contributions towards what can be big rewards for you, the landlord investor, into the future.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, perhaps I uh, labored the point a little bit on the DIY rule, but I mean, I'd always recommend uh, outsourcing it to a packaged firm. You know, you can use someone like furniture.com or anyone else out there that's offering good quality wooden furniture, and they're going to cost you between four to five thousand pounds to do everything for you, install it all, take all the furniture away. But it's not just furnishings you need to be aware of. Obviously, if you uh, are taking over a property that needs things like new carpets, that's a possible expense, that's going to cost you anything from fifteen hundred to three and a half thousand pounds. You've also got to think about blinds and curtains and lighting, making the place look attractive, uh, making it uh, appealing to people. Uh, you've also got to uh, think about appliances, uh, appliances in the kitchen. Uh, you do need a lot of appliances to run at HMO properly, fridge, freezers, tumble dryers, washers, washing machines, uh, dishwashers, etc. That could cost you anything from, I don't know, 750 to £1,500. Pounds or it's potentially possible to 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 uh, wipe out all of that cost and get it from next to nothing uh, but that's uh, a more advanced strategy to talk about at a later stage but i think in terms of getting your property set up the key thing is there's a you need to have some kind of wow factor in every house so whether it's a very large mirror in the living room or it's a beautiful kitchen well, it's something that makes the tenant stand back and think, "Wow, you know, this this is really great. I'd love to live here." The key thing is having some kind of wow factor, and and don't forget, it takes about 238 separate items to kit out an HMO house in full. So you're talking about a lot of individual items to get that HMO looking nice.
0: That sounds very scientific, Matt. You've even rounded it up exactly to 238 items. Does does, does that include things like art on the walls? Because, you know, I moved into a place fairly recently and it had some nice art on the walls and what was good about it was that uh, my other half liked some of them, I liked some of them. So between the two of us, we made this compromise and we said, okay, well that's quite nice, that's like a fake Renoir, I like that, you like the Dali, let's get together and be happy in this one happy home. So would you say that artwork is quite important it kind of adds a bit of flashiness to the place
1: i think it's uh important to have some kind of uh items which make it a little bit more homely otherwise you end up having a very clinical environment so i'd say yeah something like some kind of artwork's good and and try and make it something that people are going to like you know not something that's too offensive or too avant-garde but just something that's you know just a nice piece of artwork even if it's just some you know you can get the, lots of uh, nice different kind of uh pieces now from some of the, the shops which are you know 10 or 15 pounds that are just very simple maybe just a picture of a vase but it's it's done in such a way that it's quite quite nice
0: I like your generic reference to the shop then, Matt. We're moving away from the endorsements. This is all good. Now, the other thing is, you and I have both inhabited the murky world of vacation ownership in the past, and we'll know that uh, holiday ownership properties generally look for furnishings that are very hard-wearing because they want to preserve the longevity of that piece. Now, I, in this place I'm living at the moment, I've got uh, a very shiny uh, faux leather sofa that looks nice, but is as hard as ours is to sit on. Now, can I ask you the question then, Matt, how do you kind of find that uh, happy medium between finding the furniture that is very hard wearing and finding something that is comfortable to the tenant?
1: I think it's a case of, of testing it out for yourself. Uh, I mean, we've tested out all of the beds that we supply tenants to make sure that they do actually, you know, that they are actually comfortable, uh, they're serviceable and they work. And the fact that we've, had furniture in our properties for you know some of them over five years now, and they're still with us. It's testament to the fact that we have tested them out. There's no point just buying stuff because it's cheap, you need to buy things that are going to last,
0: exactly. And so, Matt, now I've got my 10 shopping trolleys from an undisclosed retailer, and they're <laughs> chock a block full of 238 items to kit out my HMO property. I guess it's time to start marketing my fantastic HMO. I got a car and I'm gonna call some multi-mile, in a car and bring the heat I'm gonna find some ladies Do you want to tell us, Matt? What are your golden rules for marketing HMOs? There's there's
1: uh three golden rules, Dave. The first one is have a marketing plan, have a budget, and then implement it and review the review the results.
0: Can you go into detail, perhaps, into each of those three very different sections?
1: Sure. On, on the marketing plan. I think there there are lots of different ways in which you can market HMOs and we cover some of them on your Uh some of the more familiar ones are marketing online, in the newspapers, uh doing direct mail, doing posters and leaflets, uh, getting referrals from people like Letting agents or tenants. So there's lots of different things, lots of different routes to market. So you almost need to brainstorm a list of those and then once you've done that come up with a budget that you can afford to spend a certain amount per month on marketing your business and then divide that up amongst the different routes to market you're going to use and get get them out there and then test them and see how how uh, the response goes to your actual different methods that you're using so if you're finding that newspapers is not really giving you a huge response then stop doing it because that can become quite expensive if you're finding that the online methods are working for you then you know see if there are other online websites you can use to increase your scope in that sphere
0: now websites talking websites the immediacy factor the grabbing the tenant while they're out there raw and ready to jump into your houses have you got any recommendations of great websites that have worked for you i mean i i know people talk about gumtree and places like that have you got any of your own favorites
1: yeah, I'd say the the two main ones that I always recommend are SpareRoom.co.uk and EasyRoommate.com. And again, you can find out more details about those on our websites. And uh, we're actually going to be doing a review of both of those sites shortly, uh, which will be like a video review so you can see how they work. But they're the, they're the best websites by far. If you've got a gum tree in your area, that is also really good as well. But in,
0: in Northamptonshire, we don't have that. All interesting stuff, and uh, it all sounds like a a formula for success. Now, talking about formulas, and obviously particularly with Dan Brown being very much on vogue these days, Matt, I see you've also created your own mysterious equation. Do you want to give us a little bit of a glimpse into the world of what K plus S plus RP is all about?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. This this is uh, something I've been thinking about uh, for a, a little while now, and it's come out of some of the travels I've done up and down the country, talking at various events. And the the uh, the, the the theory, the formula that refer to cash flow. You, you mentioned that you missed the key element off there, Dave, but I'll forgive you. Thank cash you. flow is equal to K plus S plus R P. Uh, and what do we mean by that? Well, all three facets of that formula come together to create cash flow. Now the K basically st- stands for acquiring the right knowledge and the reason why knowledge is so important is when any anybody becomes involved in a new venture or a business of any description they need to re- acquire the right knowledge and this can be found in lots of different places and it can be of a variety of different quality levels and I always maintain it's you need to get the best possible knowledge from the best possible experts in order to improve your lot in life and move ahead so if you want to become a hmo property business owner then there are really only a couple of experts in the country uh, well there's only really two and i'm one of them and the other guy is a, a very nice guy based out of birmingham And you can go and research them online if you want to. But I think when you look at getting knowledge, you need to get the right knowledge from the right people in order to move ahead very, very quickly. So that's where the K comes from.
0: K for knowledge.
1: That's right. Now, the S is all about having a system. And whether you're a part-time property investor or even a full-time property investor, you have to have a system to stop you lurching from pillar to post. Because... What will happen is, if you haven't got a system, then one year you might have a really good year, the next year you might have a bad year, and it's all very inconsistent. The results are not going to be consistent for you, and that's because you haven't got a system. If you've got some systems in place, you can have a system to generate leads, you can have a system to... And make sales for you, you're going to generate much more consistent cash flow, you're going to have more security, surety, peace of mind, it's going to provide you with a degree of comfort that if you wanted to take a month off to learn how to, I don't know, scuba dive or go traveling, you could do that. And the beauty about having a system is you can actually outsource yourself because at the heart of any system should be an operations manual, which really drives the business and our ops manual is about 100 pages plus at the moment, and it grows daily because we're very much focused on developing systems further and improving them. So, to get the best from any HMO property business, in my mind, you do need a system.
0: Could you give us a bit of a breakdown, Matt, in terms of your operations manual? What are the kind of key headings in there, so that people who might be overwhelmed by the idea of having a 100-page tome all about the way that they operate their business, we can break it down into simple chunks.
1: Yeah, you've uh, you've got areas in there such as tenant management, you've got property management, you'll have contractors, uh, administration, property managers. Uh, so all of those will come together to create specific sections. So on the tenant management, just to give you a little idea, you'll have things such as how do you generate a lead for a tenant? How do you uh, do a viewing for a tenant? How do you sign a tenant up? How do you move a tenant in and out? How do you reference check a tenant etc so although each of those you know each of those could be you know five ten pages on their own right, some of them may be only be a page, but it's really a case of having that system in place which enables you to do the same thing every time because if you're doing the same thing every time, then it means that you can outsource that to other people.
0: And you can constantly refine and review the way that you do business until you effectively create the perfect enterprise.
1: Precisely.
0: And now I'm thinking now that, obviously, once you've got this together, it's effectively a process document, isn't it, Matt?
1: Essentially, yes.
0: And so once you've got this all together, what it is, it defines the way that you do your business. And I'm sure this is something that uh, fundamentally would be used by people who wanted to franchise out the way they do business. So, you know, ultimately, if you wanted to buy a McDonald's franchise or whatever, I'm guessing that you'd have something like that as to how to operate your business successfully. So this really should be the bedrock of your business.
1: Correct and this is where we've kind of based a lot of our theories around is being able to operate a business which can be franchised or licensed or whatever it is in the future because then that creates something that's saleable and it also creates something that's sustainable.
0: So, so cash flow well, equals knowledge plus system. So did you want to give us this mysterious RP to finish off this magical equation?
1: Yep, sure. The, the RP really stands for right property and the reason why right property is so important is if you get it wrong you can really impact your cash flow from day one so for instance imagine uh, you buy a five bedroom property which you're going to convert into a hma for two hundred twenty-five thousand. you think fantastic i can make some really good cash flow with this but then you find out that actually two of the rooms are really single rooms you can't get anything more than a single bed in and the third one is a very small double because you've done that and you've maybe gone down the route and bought the property you've impacted your cash flow by as much as two hundred pounds a month which you know over a year is is a good amount of money two thousand four hundred pounds now Compare that to say an old three bed terrace that you've had for a few years, cost you 80,000 when you bought it and it's got the potential to put a double room downstairs and suddenly you've got a very nice little profitable HMO which could generate you as much as £500 a month plus from a cash flow perspective. So getting the right property in the right location is, is really important and you know we could spend a whole hour even longer talking about what is the right property, what's the right location but all I'd say at this stage is you need to do your due diligence when you're looking for properties and make sure that the property does stack up on its own merits and that you can look at other properties in a slightly different way to perhaps get more rooms out of them.
0: Right property, right location sounds like the perfect title for episode next of HMO Radio. (laughs) So We've got knowledge, we've got the system, we've got the right property. In effect, then, we've got all the essential components to generating cash flow, even in this day and age, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can uh, you can still generate good cash flow in, in today's market. And in fact, what we've been doing with a lot of landlords in our local area, North Hampshire, is working with landlords to essentially help convert properties that they already have in their portfolio into HMOs. And this is really helpful, especially when some of the areas that our investors are in are kind of saturated from the point of view of uh, free bed terraces, certainly in Northampton, there's there's quite a few of them on the market and can be sometimes difficult to distinguish between one free bed terrace and another free bed terrace. Now, if you've got the right free bed terrace, it's very possible to get a good four bedroom HMO out of that, which will generate you a very good cash flow on a monthly basis. So it's, it's. Can I
0: just say for a second, though? I think you've just picked on something that's very, very important here that many people, the more generic, if you like, landlord may not already have considered. What you can actually do is if you've got a property that is just a standard single let. If you act smart and you obviously abide by the regulations, because they are different for HMOs, you can actually convert a standard single let into a HMO property. Obviously, it wouldn't be applicable to every single property, but you have the potential there, Matt. So what we're saying is HMOs, they're not just for HMO landlords. HMOs have the potential to be there for the single let landlord if they're in times of where they want to expand or develop or look for new opportunities.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's right. And that's why it's really important to look at uh, to, to, uh, the current interest rates that we've got at the moment are, to my mind, almost a, a holiday in, in the sense that at some point they will go back up. They'll probably go to around 5 or 6%, which is where they've historically been. And the cash flow that people are generating now, sure, it's great, but people need to be thinking about, well, when those rates go back up again, is my cash flow still going to be the same, or am I actually going to be starting to subsidise some of the properties I've got? And if there are certain properties that, you know, they are making good cash flow now, but potentially in the future that cash flow is going to be significantly impacted, then now is the time to think about converting them into HMOs. And I'd say if you've got a three-bed terrace or greater, it can be converted into HMO. Potentially two-bed terraces can be, but it's often very difficult getting the rooms and the layout correct, so a three-bed terrace or greater make ideal HMOs.
0: That is very much erring on the side of space, then three-bed or above kids, just remember that. and uh, Why not consider it and uh, check out your HMOexpert.com for a few more secrets on how to develop your property as a HMO. I got a car and Talking about secrets, Matt, actually, as an aside, I know you've been very much hard at work on a report or an e-book, if you like, uh, called 10 Cash Flow Secrets. By definition, the title lends itself very well to the current climate where uh, everybody is looking for an opportunity to uh, you know, gain an edge or develop some more books in their bank account. Do you want to give us a little bit of an idea as to uh, you know, the, the theory behind your 10 cash flow secrets report and, and really what considers you to, to actually develop it in the first place?
1: Yeah, basically the, the 10 cash flow secrets report is all about how to make money from everyday property investing and it's essentially sharing some of the secrets that we've learned over the years about ways in which you can generate very good cash flow and it's not all about HMOs, there are lots of different ways of generating cash flow and some of them are systematic and some of them are focused and some of them to do with numbers and location and all kinds of things so uh, the report that we've written it's uh, just in the process of being finished at the moment, Uh, it'll be out in the next week or so and you'll be able to get it via your HMOexpert.com and probably another website.
0: Is it expensive, Matt? Will I have to pay thousands of pounds for this fantastic knowledge?
1: No, it's, it's going to be entirely free, Dave.
0: Get out. Well, No, I kid you not. Up the Swanee. I can't believe it. It's mad. It's like, a bit like this, this great, you know, podcast that, that we put out. And obviously the kids can, can benefit from it for free. And, uh, and there's more stuff that's free. This is the very definition of freemium. You know, 10 cash flow secrets you're not going to get probably anywhere else and it's there for you to download for free. Well, Matt, you are my saviour and my God. Thank you. Now, it's funny, though. You know, we talk about these secrets, but at the same time, the stuff that's out there that is affecting us all that is very far from a secret. And, I think matt you know you 'll know exactly what i 'm talking about here i 'm talking about the demon in the back room that 's called the uh, the self certification mortgage or should I say the demise of the self certification mortgage now I know the government 's very keen at the moment to crack down on these things as everybody 's tightening their belts and so on and one of the proposals is banning self certification mortgages through required verification of uh, borrowers income to me, this sounds completely out of whack but Matt, what does it mean to the HMO investor?
1: Uh, well, it, it's uh, it's one of those things which uh, it, it's really a case of too little, too late. If I'm being honest, uh, it, the, the FSA has got this proposal at the moment, obviously to regulate. Uh, certain mortgage lending, of, of which buy-to-let is one that they're concerned about, uh, unjustifiably, in my opinion, because the buy-to-let mortgage arrears are far smaller than the residential arrears. But I think, you know, what it what it will lead to is it will lead to more responsible lending, I guess, in terms of from the banks and from property investors. Uh, I think it's too early to really say how it's going to affect people, Uh, but clearly there are lots and lots of people out there who for whatever reason will find it difficult to verify their income via uh, you know pay slips or bank statements or whatever because some income is is sporadic Uh, and you know it's not just investors that are going to be affected it's going to affect a whole range of people Uh, you know I mean I I do a a little bit of, of, of music and Whilst I don't do it professionally, there are lots of semi professional and professional musicians out there who, you know, they can't show a regular pay slip coming in, but they, they are earning you know, they are earning their way. So it's gonna affect a whole bunch of people. And I think, you know, it's one of those things which is been ill thought out and it'll probably come in some way in terms of how it's implemented in a very haphazard fashion and it'll be rushed in no doubt and there'll be repercussions throughout the market but I think you know wherever people are genuinely unable to prove income for a variety of of means I think they they will still be able to get mortgages it's just the case that uh, as with a lot of these things that are implemented it's, it's working through it and understanding how it's going to impact people.
0: So, in the meantime, then, while well, we've got a lot of this confusion about what exactly this will mean to the investor. Where would you say are the kind of the big opportunities these days, then, Matt? I mean, if there are problems with getting mortgages here, are there property investments that are lucrative or offer opportunities further afield, maybe?
1: I think... Uh... There's 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 two two main opportunities. Uh, well, it it depends. If if we're talking about pure investors, I think what are the opportunities at the moment uh, from a UK market's perspective? There's a lot of talk at the moment about lease options, and whilst we don't go into detail about lease options on HMO Radio, it may be something that we'll cover in a in a future edition with with maybe a guest expert. But lease options are all about controlling a property. Uh, through taking out an option on the property to buy it and essentially taking over the mortgage. Now, to my mind, it's kind of a a stop stop, start methodology in terms of it's all very well agreeing now to take over somebody's property to buy it at a certain price, taking over the mortgage payments and cash flowing it over a period of time, you know, two, three, four, five years, whatever that may be. But when that option comes to the end of its uh, life, there still needs to be mortgages in place in order for people to to actually buy those mortgages. And, you know, let, let's just step back a bit and think about the whole buy-to-let arena. It was only in 1996 or thereabouts that buy-to-let mortgages were first introduced. So, you know, they've not been with us for more than about, what is it, 13 years. Uh, and they've been unregulated during that time. So for the government to introduce some kind of regulation is is probably a good thing uh and people obviously at the moment looking to invest as i said one of the options is lease options which is a subject that we could talk about for a couple of days uh but it, it's something that perhaps we should talk about at a later stage but there are pros and cons of it the other thing which people can look at is what opportunities are there overseas and at the moment uh, i think when you look at the markets europe isn't really lending in terms of uh what that what they're trying to do, where can you actually get uh good deals at the moment uh well it's it's kind of like where it all started to be fair it's It's over in in the u s and it's still possible to get mortgages over there for non u s nationals on a self certified basis
0: that sounds interesting that man now is there any way that we can get some more information about that because you know in the eternal quest 2 mate buddy, i'm obviously interested in ways that i can do that myself i mean what what are the opportunities there and uh, you know how can i get a bit of a lowdown on how to actually do that should we even talk about that in a future podcast your choice
1: yeah, it's certainly something we could uh, look at. I mean, the the best and quickest way of people getting information on that is to go to uh, stanfordnight. dot com. And Stanford Night is is our company that kind of is the umbrella company behind everything. Uh, stanfordnight. dot com. Uh, and if you uh, sign up there to become one of our charter members, you will get some information on the U. S. deals. But uh, it it it's something that's. Uh, The the, the deals over there are particularly good at the moment and they're they're kind of two years ahead of us in terms of their market. So their market is still in flux and there's still some areas where they're they're basically still seeing prices reduced, but there are some areas where the prices are starting to actually uh, solidify a little bit.
0: Well, thank you very much, Matt. That really was quite an insightful chat. I think episode two of HMO Radio, is it a bit of a wrap? Now, Matt, obviously, is a commentator, editor, all-round nice guy and as we know semi-professional guitarist although that's debatable and uh, <laughs> he uh, he works very hard to make sure that the, uh, the needs uh, representations of HMO investors and tenants and obviously landlords themselves are all keenly uh, taken care of by, by the people in the know and he'll obviously be there to answer any questions that you might have at your HMOexpert.com full show notes of this episode are also available at that website together with some of the websites that we've discussed today Uh, Matt uh, any closing comments?
1: I think uh, what I'd say is obviously we're nearing the end of October at the moment as we record this there's still time in the last couple of months of the year to really make a difference to your portfolio and the goals that you have Uh, so I'd say get out there, uh, start making things happen for yourself, and hopefully by the end of the year, you'll have uh, generated some uh, additional uh, revenue for yourself.
0: Great stuff. Uh, Episode three, much more of the same, but better. And we'll get right back to you. So uh, have a very profitable, prosperous, and fruitful few weeks, and we'll catch up soon. Thanks very much, Matt. Cheers, Dave. Thanks. Bye. Shoot music for this podcast comes courtesy of the astronauts and this title Got a Gun. Music Alley at music.mevio.com is your source and your friend for podcast friendly music. <laughs>